Are you guys ready for a word today? Yeah. No, I'm not giving away rod and reels and tackle. I'm not going to do that. You'll understand what I'm going to do in just a moment. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Testify. Testify, the fifth gospel. Come on, the fifth gospel. And some of you are like, well, Pastor, wait a minute. I mean, I know the first four books in the New Testament. I know there's Matthew, that guy named Mark, Luke, and John. But what's the fifth gospel? Turn to somebody and say, you, you, you are the fifth gospel. And so what I want to do today is I want to open this series up with a verse of Scripture in Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. If you have your Bibles turned there, if you have a mobile device, click there or it's on the screen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, and, and just kind of, a, kind of to set this up, you understand that Jesus was starting his ministry here, and before he starts ministering, he's gathering what would be known as the 12 disciples. And so here's what it says. It says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you. And, and let me just pause right there in that because I would just say to you today that the same thing Jesus was saying to his disciples is the very same thing he's saying to you and I. Follow me and I will make you. And, and, and I know for, for some of you, you may kind of have your, your own take on what the rest of that scripture would be. For some would maybe say, follow me and I'll make you holy, but that's not really what it says. That's cool, but that's not what it says. Some would say, follow me, and I'll make you real spiritual, like Jesus is going to make me to where I'll pray all the time, read the Bible all the time. Again, great, but that's not really what it says. Follow me, and I'll make you a great dad, a great mom, a great person. Again, all of those things are, are great, and don't get me wrong, we love all that, but that's not the primary reason as to why he's called us to be followers. He says, follow me, watch this, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. In other words, you spent your life fishing for fish, but now I'm going to use you to catch people. Matter of fact, Luke chapter 5 verse 10, it says it like this, from now on you will catch men or you'll catch people. So the question you have to ask yourself is how do we do that? How do I do that? How do I... Fish and catch people. Well, it's, it's really a lot like fishing for actual fish. If you're a fisherman, then you understand that you have a tackle bag and, and your bag is full of different lures and different lines and hooks and different things like that. You also have different, yes, different rods and reels that you can use. You can use bait casters, you can use spinner baits, you can use a lizard, a worm, you can use crankbaits, you can use all of these different techniques, all of these different things. You say, well, if it's summertime, then I want to use top water bait. If it's in the fall, I may want to try to use a lizard, try to get down there where they are. Wherever it may be, you have these different lures and these different techniques for fishing. But every fisherman I know has a go-to lure. They have that one lure that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, that's where your confidence is. It's your go-to lure, and you use that lure all of the time. And so when it comes to catching people, when it comes to pointing people to Jesus, we have a go-to lure inside of us, and that lure is your testimony. 
It's you testifying to what God has done in your heart and in your life. And I know that may be a strange word to some of you. You're thinking about, you know, testify. What, what really does that mean? The word testify just simply means to make a statement based on personal knowledge. So it's basically you're testifying to what you've seen or what you've experienced in your life. That's what it means to testify. And we see this over and over and over again in the scriptures. For instance, John chapter 9, there's this guy who is born blind and, and Jesus comes in. You know the story. He, he spits on the ground. He makes mud, puts it on the guy's eye. Turn to somebody and say, that's just nasty. Amen. That's nasty. Puts it on his eyes and said, all right, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He does that. He comes back and he's able to see. And so he's running around town. Everybody's looking, thinking, man, I don't know. Is this the guy? I don't know. Is it the same one? He's running around. Well, all of a sudden, the religious leaders get together, and they're cornering this guy on a couple different occasions. And they're like, hey, who healed you? What's going on? And he's saying, man, I don't know this guy named Jesus. And so they're like, man, Jesus is a sinner. There's no way he can heal you. But watch his response. John chapter 9, verse 25. He said, guys, listen, I don't know whether he's a sinner. He said, but this is what I know. This is him testifying. Watch this. This is what I know. I was blind, but now I see. He's testifying to what he has experienced. He's testifying to even what he's seen. And so as Christians today, we are called to testify to what God has done in our hearts and in our lives. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, what does it say? Always, turn to somebody and say always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You ought to always have an answer. You know, I call it, I call it an elevator pitch. And that's kind of like when you get on the elevator with someone, you've got 60 seconds, maybe a minute and a half between the floors. If someone was to look at you on the elevator and see maybe you've got a bridge shirt on or something and they say, hey, tell me about what you do. Tell me about what you believe in. Tell me why you believe in. You've got 60 seconds, maybe a minute and a half to tell somebody what you believe, why you believe it. That's your testimony. And I know right now that some of you are thinking, oh, man, he's talking about sharing my faith. He's talking about going out. I mean, man, he's going to give me some tracks, wanting me to go knock on doors. Listen, that's not what it's all about. But here's what I want to show you over the next couple of weeks is not only why it's important you testify, but I also want to show you there's actual joy in the middle of it. Because I know what most people are thinking right now, joy in the middle of it. Because I know what most people are thinking right now. You're like, Pastor, man, I mean, hey, I love Jesus, but i just rather keep him to myself. Like me and Jesus, we got our own thing going and we're good. Some people are like, well, Pastor, I mean, I love Jesus, but if I ever get into discussion about the Bible, I mean, quite frankly, I'm going to lose. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. Some of you are like, Pastor, man, I love Jesus, but I'm telling you, if I get into a discussion with somebody, like I might convert to what they believe because I just don't know enough about the Scriptures. But here's what I want you to understand, and here's what I want you to lean into right now. If you don't get anything else I say today, I want you to get this. You have a story, and it's your story. 
It's your personal story. It's your testimony to what God has done in your heart, in your life. You have a story. And this is what God has called us to do, to testify. And so I want to show you not only today, but next Sunday, again, not only why it's important, but I want to show you how to do it. So that means you got to be here next Sunday as well. Turn to somebody and say, see you next week. Amen. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about all of the ways that we try to come up with as to why we don't share our faith. And it, it kind of reminded me of a joke that I heard uh, several years ago. There was this guy driving down the road and he was kind of swerving and the officer pulled him over, got him out of the car and he says, hey, sir, he says, look, man, I, we're going to have to give you a breathalyzer. Guy said, can't do that. And he said, why? He said, man, he said, I'm asthmatic. Blowing that thing, I'll able to die right here in the middle of the road. You don't want that. Officer said, no, sir, we don't. He said, well, I'll tell you what. We'll take you to the station. We'll give you a blood test. He said, can't do that. He said, why? He said, man, I'm a hemophiliac. Put that needle in my arm, I'll bleed to death. You don't want that. Officer said, yeah, you're probably right. He said, I'll tell you what. Let's walk this straight line. He said, can't do that. Officer said, why? He said, I'm drunk. Amen. So anyway, <laughs> some of you will get that later. So. Here are some of the excuses that I hear all the time as to why I can't testify. Pastor, I didn't know I was supposed to. Another excuse people use is, I don't know how to. I mean, I would, but I don't really know how to do that. Another excuse is, I'm just afraid to testify. And I, and I get it. There's an emotion attached to it. Because for some of you, maybe when you think about testifying, when you think about your testimony and telling people and pointing people to Jesus, maybe your mind goes back to what would be a stereotypical evangelist. Maybe your mind goes back to that person on the street corner standing on the box and pointing at people, you know, you're going to turn or burn, well, you know, and just yelling and loud and, and, and boisterous. And, and, and so you're like, man, I just, I just don't want to do that. I don't see myself doing that. And it kind of reminds me, my mind goes back, and you guys know I'm a Carolina Tar Heel fan. Come on, amen. Man, every time I say that, there's like fewer and fewer of you guys. I don't understand that. But anyway, uh, I, was at, I was at Carolina. I was taking some classes there uh, on campus, and I had a friend of mine that was with me, and he was driving me around. I was, I was new to Carolina, and he said, hey, man, I'm going to carry you by Speaker's Corner. Come on, if you've ever been... To UNC Chapel Hill, you know about Speaker's Corner. And I'm like, dude, I've never heard of that. What is that? He said, come on, you got to see it. So we drive by Speaker's Corner. And, there, and again, there's, there's what used to be, there's all these crates out there. And people stand on these crates. And, and they just start yelling and talking about life, politics, religion, whatever the subject is. They just, they just constantly yell it out. And so we go by there. And there's this guy on the box. And he's pointing at everybody, and he's saying, man, you better repent, or you're going to burn in the lake of... And then he would pause, and it was, it was kind of comical, because he would say, fire! And, I was, and I'm looking, and I'm like, this guy is crazy. And the guy with me, he was like, oh, no, man, he's got a following. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, man, he's out here all the time. He's got a group of people that will be with him, and he'll stand up, and he's pointing at everybody, and he's saying, you better repent, or you're going to burn in the lake of, he said, and all of his followers in unison will say, fire, and I'm sitting there, and I'm laughing, but at the same time, I'm crying on the inside because I'm like, this is not really helping the cause at all, at all. 
And listen, I'm not condemning. I know people are reaching other individuals by doing that. But here's what I know. Probably the person most responsible for pointing you to Jesus Christ didn't look like that at all. Probably the person most responsible for pointing you to Jesus, you would use words like kind, caring, generous. In my mind, it goes back to a gentleman by the name of Ray Metford. Ray Metford was a cotton farmer in Edgecombe County, still alive today. And I was a heathen. And every time he saw me, you know what he would say to me? He'd say, Peacock, Jesus loves you, man. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you. He cares for you. Man, let me tell you what God did in me. And you know what he was doing? He was throwing out the lure. Every time he saw me, he was throwing it out. He'd reel it in. Well, you know, I didn't take the bait the first few times, but he kept throwing it out and throwing it out. Hey, Peacock. And it was the same thing. Because how many of you know your testimony doesn't really change? It was the same line every time I saw this guy. There was this smile on his face, and he'd come right up to the side of my truck window. He'd say, Peacock, hey, man, I want to let you know Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He wants to use you. Hey, have I ever told you about what he did for me? And every single time, he was throwing it out. He never gave up on me. He kept fishing. He kept throwing it out. And eventually, I got hooked. And that's what most of the time people look like who are testifying and sharing their faith. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you four reasons as to why you need to testify. Four reasons as to why you need to testify. If you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the first one. Number one, it's fun. Come on, it's a lot of fun when you're sharing your testimony. It shouldn't be scary at all. And I would even say this, that I don't know that there are many Christian experiences that top this one. I don't know that there are. Because listen, I don't think that there is any bigger joy in all of Christianity than knowing that you played a role in someone's eternal destiny. That you pointed them to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to testifying, when it comes to leading someone to Christ, it talks about how in heaven there's this party going on. In Luke chapter 15 verse 10, it says this, there is, what's that word? Joy. Joy. There's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's rejoicing. There's there's a party in heaven every time you throw out the bait. Every time you share your faith and that person gets caught and they turn their life to Christ. There's joy in heaven for that. I mean, think about it like this, guys. Think about if you had the cure for cancer, a, a, a deadly devastating disease, if you had a cure for cancer, and knowing in your mind that you had the possibility, or the ability rather, to save thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, and how amazing that would be. But also, how devastating would it be for you not to tell anybody? And so you understand that we have the cure to eternal death. Having Jesus Christ in your heart gives you the ability to have the cure. And you've got what people are looking for. You've got the cure to misery. You've got the cure to hopelessness. You've got the cure to to the deadly deeds, right? Discouragement and all of these things. We have got the cure. So why wouldn't we want to testify? Share our faith. 
The Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 20, it says, All of this is from God, who did what? What did he do? He reconciled us. That's a word you don't hear a lot about, but the word reconcile, you understand that what that's actually talking about is when you commit sin, when you do something against God, there is a debt attached to your life. There's a debt there, and it's a debt that you can't pay. And you know what debt is, right? It's like you go out, you buy a car, you buy a house, you you accumulate debt in your life. Well, when you sin against God, that is a debt you can never pay. And so the word reconcile simply means God coming in and taking that debt away and bringing your balance back to zero. He's reconciled us. He's paid the debt, brought it back to zero. And as a result, he gives us the the ministry of reconciliation. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So what does that mean? That means not only did God bring my balance back to zero, but I have an opportunity to go out and share my faith and tell people, hey, what God did for me, he can do it for you. You don't have to pay for your debt. And then it goes on and says, therefore... We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are his representatives. Just to simply go up to somebody and say, hey man, Jesus loves you. And man, let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you how he can bring your balance back down to zero. Let me tell you what he can do for you. And guys, can I say this as sincere as I can? This is God's plan. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. This is God's plan. So it's fun to, set, to share our testimony. Here's the second reason why we do it. It's necessary. It's necessary. Let me say it this way, guys. This is not a game. This is not a gimmick. It's not you know us just trying to build the church per se. Heaven and hell are actually real, and people are going to actually go to one of them. And so you understand that having Christ in your heart, this is something you need to do. Because Romans chapter 10 verse 13 and 15 says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be saved. How amazing is that? But the scripture doesn't stop there. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him And how can they hear about him unless what? Someone tells them. Someone tells them. But again, it doesn't stop there. It says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And kind of my version is is like a pastor being up here saying, hey guys, here's what you're supposed to do and here's how you're supposed to do it. And that's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Turn to somebody and say, you got some pretty feet. No, that's weird. Amen, don't do that. And listen, I know there's, there's a movement out there, right? Because there's some people that said, well, man, I've heard that God's got it all played out. He's written the script. And there, there is this big movement out there that says, man, you know, God picks people to go to heaven. He picks a bunch of people to go to hell. And he's picked all the good things to happen. And he's picked all the bad things, the, the murders and the rapes and all that. Can I just say this as your pastor? No, he did not. I reject that. The Bible says God does not want anyone to perish, anyone to go to hell. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. What? Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
God said, I don't want anyone not to get saved. And listen, I believe with all of my heart, the only reason why God has not come back yet is in hopes that somebody else might get saved. But how can they respond unless we testify? So you understand when it comes to sharing your testimony, it's fun, it's, it's necessary. But here's the third reason why we do it is because Jesus asked us to. Jesus asked us to. When you accept Christ into your heart and you call him Lord of your life, that means he gets to call the shots. So when he says testify, it's not like you can say, well, Lord, let me pray about that. I'll get back with you. No, you do it because the one that bled and died for you said do it. And we, you know, we call this ask the great commission. And you see it being spelled out in the first five books of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 28 Verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Luke chapter 24, verse 47, this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to what? All nations. John chapter 20, verse 21, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Again, this is what we call the, the Great Commission. And, and, and guys, hear me today. I want you to hear my heart. You watching online, hear my heart. We love you. We care about you. We love ministering to you. We love helping you. We love being a part of your family. We love you coming here. We, we love all of that. But I've got to be honest with you. That is not why we primarily exist. We are the church and we exist for the world. We don't exist just for people to come in and check a box just to kind of soothe their conscience and say, Well, I made it to church today. I'm good. God has called us to make a difference in the world. To go out and share what he's done in your heart and done in your life. And, and man, why did we just send a big group of people to Belize Friday? This past Friday, we sent them. They went on a plane. They're in Belize right now. They're spreading the gospel in Belize right now. They're telling people about Jesus Christ. They're doing Bible school with a bunch of kids right now. They're doing that. Why are we going to Kentucky in a couple weeks? Another mission trip. We're doing that. Why are we doing that? Because there's people that are poverty stricken. They have nothing. Why are we collecting school supplies? That big crate out there. That's for the bags that you guys got last week. Fill it up with school supplies. Why are we doing that? Because there's kids in school that can't even afford a pencil. Why are we doing it? Why are we going to the rodeo there in Kentucky? Because we're ministering to special needs kids. That's why we're doing it. Why do we promote our Celebrate Recovery ministry that happens every Tuesday in Rosewood? Why do we promote our soup kitchen that goes out every single week in Wayne County, soon to come into Johnston County? Why are we doing all this? Why are we blessing our schools, our community? Why are our kids on Sunday nights putting together all kinds of blessing bags and putting together things? And we delivered it to the fire department this past week, and I was standing right beside the fire chief in Smithfield yesterday. At the funeral. And he leans over and he says, man, you guys have showered us with blessings this week. Thank you. Why do we do all of that? Why do we do it? This is why we exist. To send out workers into the harvest field. 
And listen, I'm, you know, I, the reason why I'm sharing all this with you today is because there's this gravitational pull to just kind of step back and do what's best for us, right? But praise God, I mean, all of us have been caught. We've, we, we've been caught. Most of us in here today, most of you watching online, you've been caught. Not all, but most. Amen. Thank God for that. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. But what do followers do? They testify. So why do we share our faith? Why do we testify? It's fun. It's necessary. Jesus asked us to, but then here's the fourth one. We were all fish once. We were all in the boat. We're in that same deal. We, Like me, going down the road, I didn't know Jesus. But somebody told me about him. Somebody was willing to come up beside me and share their faith with me and help me. Why do we do it? I mean, I thank God for a man named Ray Mefford. I thank God that, listen, this guy didn't settle. He was throwing it out there. And I don't know, in fishing terms, maybe he threw a lizard to start with. I won't dig in a lizard. Amen? Maybe he threw a topwater bait. Won't dig in that either. But the crankbait got me. Amen? So he kept on, is what I'm saying. He kept on sharing his faith, sharing his testimony. Why do we constantly reach out to lost people? Because God never stopped reaching out to you, and he never stopped reaching out to me. Never. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. I love what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, man, it's Christ's love is compelling us. Christ's love compels us. We don't have any other choice. And you're like, Pastor, man, are you serious? Another mission trip? Are you serious? Taking up more school supplies? Are you serious? We're doing more outreach. We're blessing the people. We're blessing our first responder. Are you serious? I mean, Pastor, man, October, you're talking about unpacking another expansion of this facility for kids. Are you serious? And I say, yes, I'm serious. Why? Because we can't help it. Christ's love compels us and pushes us to it. Because I am convinced with everything in my heart that Jesus didn't just come to die for me. didn't just come to die for you. He came to die for all. And you're loved. And you're appreciated. And so guys, man, it's time to go fishing. It's not scary. Come back next week. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. Because for some people, this is new. It's like, are you sure? How do I do that? So we're going to talk about that next week. How do you share your faith effectively? Like I'm bringing my box next week. We're talking on it. Yeah, my mother's here today. She's working in nursery. And, you know, I got saved years ago. And I was even in the ministry and and pastoring. And I just kept praying for my family. Praying for my mom and my stepdad and my dad and my stepmom. Just just praying for my family, praying for my family. And I had someone to tell me one time. They said, man, don't you think God's heard you the first time? Why do you keep doing it? I mean, like, why don't, why don't you just stop? 
And, and that really kind of hit home. And I was like, I, I don't know. But there was something in me that kept driving and kept pushing. And several years ago, we, we were in here. The, the sanctuary looked totally different. It, it actually was that way, a whole lot smaller. And it was Easter Sunday. And I never will forget, my mom, for the first time ever, came to hear me speak. And she was sitting towards the back. And I gave the altar call, and I didn't look. I just kind of had my head down. I, I didn't look. And something just told me to just look up. And I looked up, and I, was, and I was standing in a spot. And I looked up, and my mom was standing right in front of me with tears in her eyes. She accepted Jesus. She's serving right now, watching your babies. Amen. That was years ago. Never give up. Never give up. Guys, can I tell you something? Maybe you've come in here today and you're like, man, Pastor, I hear all of this and, and this isn't all new to me. I, I mean, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I don't know what this is all about. Can I tell you something? God hasn't given up on you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what's filling your heart right now, He loves you and He cares for you. If that wasn't the case, He wouldn't have shifted the deck, so to speak, to make sure you were here today to hear that. See, I believe with all of my heart, you didn't just show up today. I believe it was a divine appointment that God orchestrated. He put things together, put things in motion for you to be here. And if you hear nothing else, to just simply hear that God loves you and He's not done with you. For those of us that have accepted Christ, turn to somebody and say, get busy. Get busy. Get busy sharing your story because it's unique to you. It's yours. Regardless of what, it, you know, some people you're talking to and it's like, dude. Man, I wish I had a testimony like that. But this is your testimony. And God will orchestrate this thing for people to step into your life so that you can share your faith with them and lead them to Jesus. He'll do it. So don't give up. Stand with me all over the house. Father, we love you today. We thank you. For your love, your grace, your mercy. God, thank you for not giving up on us. So many times in life, God, we've, we've turned our own way. We've, we've done our own thing. And yet, God, not one time have you given up on us. Father, thank you. Thank you. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would speak into our hearts. Help us to hear from you. Lord, if we don't know you, then Lord, let today be the day that we just relinquish control and say, Father, come into my heart. Come into my life. Lord, use me. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for moments like this. Guys, look at me real quick. Just kind of felt something in my heart. I was talking with someone 
a couple weeks ago. Matter of fact, we were talking about Jared yesterday at that fish fry. But I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago that had really been hurt. They had just gone through a lot, and they, they just really felt this, this deep wound in their soul. And they said, Pastor, man, I have tried to forgive this person. I, I have tried everything I know, and I just can't do it. And I looked at them, kind of before I even thought about it, but I looked at them, and I said, let me ask you something. Have you ever asked God to give you the power to forgive? Because a lot of times we try to do things in our own strength, our own will, our own emotions. And I just looked at this person. I said, have you ever done that? And they said, no. I said, how about try it? Come back and let me know. There's times in our lives where maybe there's a hurt, there's a wound, there's whatever. And we just simply have to say, God, I can't do this on my own. Give me the strength. Give me what I need to be able to forgive, to be able to love, to be able to encourage, whatever the case may be. Give me the strength, I'll even say this, to share my faith, to share my testimony. Give me the strength to do that. And So let me just pray for you right there where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, today is Father's Day, and God... We just want to pause and say happy Father's Day to you. You're our father. You're, you're our dad. God, we thank you. And I pray for all of the men in the house today. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray, Father, because sometimes as, as a man in this world, it just seems that the weight of the world is on our shoulders. There's just something, there's this happening and that happening, and we find ourselves bombarded. We often find ourselves like we're sinking. But God, I pray right now, strengthen the men in this house. Strengthen the men that are watching online. God, give them strength. Give them the power they need. Father, give them what they, the words they need to share their testimony. Because, Lord, we know statistically, as the man goes, so goes the family. And so, God, we pray right now for some strong men, men that would be encouraged, men that would be empowered by your spirit, Father. Lord, so that we can go and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house, guys.